Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Tomasino, first-round pick of the National Predators. Ice Dogs, a pair of them in there. So fun. with space, drops it off, shot, stop, Demchenko fires, oh, what a save, big stop, this Karoff made a huge stop for the Russians. That right wide, here's Cooley looking for Perbu at his feet, Perbu, off and Asiev scores on the power play, and the Spitfires have tied it at one. Welcome to the On the Forecheck podcast, my name is Brian Baston, and joining me today is Eric Dunay with a Little World ju- Juniors preview. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Are you uh, watching some hockey for the first time in a while? Well, <laughs> yes. some North American hockey, I guess. Enjoying, uh, you know, some pre-tournament World Juniors action, which is always the highlight of my <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you rather be watching this or more uh, ECHL stuff? Yeah, that's true. I The, the uh, junior schedules this year have been crazy. I mean, the Hockey East just like cancels like half their games every weekend. So mm-hmm. and- Nashville has uh, many hockey's prospects, so the schedule has been throwing me off a lot this year, but uh, it's good to have the World Juniors hopefully going, although they've hit a lot of speed bumps along the way. So, Yeah, we're uh, a couple games in with the exhibition games today, right? We've uh, already, right now we have Finland playing. Um, they're playing, shoot, who are they playing right now? Um, uh, the U.S. Yeah, the U.S., uh, very depleted U.S. team. And then I think before that was – was there a game already? Yeah, yes. uh, Austria. Switzerland and Austria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this – we already got some going. They're going to be all week. Um, well, tomorrow, which is Wednesday, and then starting Christmas Day is the uh, actual ter- tournament. But they'll all be on NHL Network, so looking forward to, to watching that. So um, before we get into the preview, I uh, just want to talk a couple of – quick uh news pieces that came out in the last couple of days so first off is the big thing which is um Mikhail Grandlin uh coming coming back to Nashville he signed a one-year deal today for 3.75 million dollars um and honestly that's well below what his projected uh contract value was now granted that that projection is usually uh based on like a full season and things like that but we've seen that the market has not been it's not been too friendly to to free agents at least um unrestricted free agents this offseason and so uh, yeah, Eric, what do you what do you think about that resigning? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good move. Obviously, this team had some deficiencies up front, and this gives them an opportunity to rely less on, you know, Trent and, and Tolvanen and Tomasino. And while that, you know, may sound unfortunate because I think everybody is excited for those players to make the roster, you know, I don't think this is kicking them off the roster, A, and B, you know, I don't know how thrilled fans would be 20 games in watching Yakov Trenin on the second power play unit with a efficiency rating of like 10% at that point. So, right. <laughs> like, uh, I think it's for the best. I think, you know, this still gives those younger players plenty of opportunity um, and mm-hmm. you're bringing them into the deep end. And uh, I think it's, uh, you know, a good uh, cost efficient signing. 
yeah, they they definitely get a little bit more flexibility with what they do. I mean, obviously, most people are going to slot Granlin back in on the on the second line with Duchesne. Um, and that just kind of leaves that one top six spot for most people, I guess, are, are thinking Tolvanen, which I think you would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of that group, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I mean, there were some people were saying, you know, would they want to play Grandland at center? Um, but I don't see that happening at all. Yeah, that seems unlikely. Even with Torres and Benino gone, I guess Luke Cunnan would be the only um, right there option there yeah and so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting but i think it's a really good signing i'm glad to see him come back i think a lot of people almost everybody pretty much had him written off uh signing with another team at this point so it was kind of a pleasant surprise but i think that you know it gives nashville a lot more power um up front i think that they will you know there's always the chance that you could see forsberg duchene and grandland again it was a line that was incredibly successful last season but i think they'll be uh, pretty hesitant to break up the Jofa line, but we'll see. So we'll see what, what Heinz wants to do. Um, so, yeah, um, so that's, that's a good signing. I'm very, very happy about that. So that leaves them with about a little over $9 million in cap space um, with only Kunin left to sign uh, his deal. Uh, the projection for him is around $2 million on the two-year uh, two deal. I think that's probably close to what he'll get. I don't see it being, I think it'll be one or two years. It'll be a bridge or something like that. But um you know, that'll kind of solidify everything up. They'll have a little over $7 million left in cap space heading into the season, which, you know, is good, especially with this season, because you never know what's going to happen if you have a bunch of players go out or something like that. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I didn't have anything important to add. Oh, no, go ahead, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, you know, we've got a lot of questions about how taxi squads will work and and even beyond that you know if you're adding um just another at the very least like cable nhl body to your roster with no long-term cost um mm-hmm. and it's just it's really just a need they move it's a move they needed to make and they lost out on duclair and i i would suggest this might be a better signing than duclair but um mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of contingency plans needed for this season. Yeah. I mean, he was the fourth leading scorer on the team last season in terms of goals. He had 17 goals, which on most teams doesn't seem like a ton, but you know, for, for Nashville, that's, that's, that's pretty substantial. And so um, I think that this will probably take them out of the Hoffman uh, sweepstakes. I think that'll be St. Louis now probably getting serious with that. I think uh, I want to say it was Andy Strickland. Somebody said Nashville was not on Hoffman's shortlist. Huh? Really? Okay. I, 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 to be clear, I don't necessarily mean that from a Hoffman doesn't want to sign here perspective. I just mean, I don't think that Nashville was negotiating uh, with him, you know, down with the final teams anymore. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest. I think I like re-signing Grandland uh, over signing Hoffman. I think that's, it's a lot safer of a choice, I think. And um, they know what they're going to get. He's got familiarity with the system. He should be able to slot right back in with Duchesne and and do well. So um, I think this is going to work out a little bit better. So, all right. Um, next, another thing that happened just yesterday um, was the Predators announced a trade, which, you know, as soon as I see that notification on my phone, I'm like, oh man, what happened? But no, it's just a prospect tra- uh, trade. Uh, Zach Magwood, the the star of the development camp game two years ago, um, is headed to the Ottawa system. Um, 
in exchange for Michael Carson. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, from what I understand, this is basically an AHL deal. He's a 250 games in the AHL has never played a game in the NHL. I think this is somebody that they're going to have in Milwaukee. He probably won't be uh, on the taxi squad and he'll be kind of one of those anchors for, for Milwaukee since they'll probably be a little depleted if they play at all this season. Yeah. I mean, this was, you're right. So, you know, there's a lot of questions that remain about whether the AHL season is going to get off the ground and when it won't be in January, it might be in February, but probably not. Who knows if, if it is, it'll be the end of the month. Um, you know, Magwood wasn't going to play top six minutes in Milwaukee this year. And that's unfortunate that they, you know, shipped him out. I thought he was a useful young player, but they've got someone who can play minutes down there when you've got guys like Tolvanen and McCarron probably, and, uh, you know, maybe Pitlick who are going to be up on an NHL taxi squad should mm-hmm. AHL season start. Right. And, you know, Magwood had spent the majority of the last two seasons in the ECHL, um, I think with Atlanta two years ago and then with Florida last year. So, I mean, he probably would have seen more games in the AHL this season. Okay. Yeah. So two years ago, he actually played 44 games in Milwaukee in his first pro year and was fine, you know, 12 points. But last year, yeah, he spent nearly all season in Florida, 51 games, 47 points was easily their best player um, is much better than an ECHL talent and was fine in four games in Milwaukee in a fourth line role. But, it was also a fourth line with like him, Matthew Olivier, and like Lucas Craig's. So they weren't super effective at the time, but he's a useful young player. Um, I don't think he'll graduate to the NHL and with any regularity, but um, I think he can be a decent middle six AHL player. Um, but you know, just wasn't really gonna be in this team's long-term plan. So, you know, going undrafted and earning a development camp deal to this is uh, pretty impressive, but yeah, it's just shoring up for, you know, a taxi squad. So, and so, uh, what about the new guy, the guy, um, from Ottawa, Carson? I mean, what do you know about him? I I've seen just a little bit, I've watched a little bit of film, but not a ton. I mean, what are your, your thoughts on him? Yeah. I mean, similarly, uh, a bit older, a couple years older than, than Magwood. Um, also undrafted was kind of an odd player in juniors. Um, only spent two full seasons in the QMJHL, um, but really impressed in his second year, almost hit 50 goals, I think, in Charmanville, uh, and has been pretty steady in the AHL since um, in uh, Utica and Toronto and Belleville. Uh, he has pretty consistently hit uh, 27 points exactly a couple times. Uh, he's a pretty decent scorer. Last So 2018-19 was his best year. He hit 20 goals, um, 15 year before that and 13 last year in a bit of a shortened season. Um, you know, he's not going to be a, an AHL all-star by any means, but I think this is someone who uh, can easily replace the scoring of, you know, Frederick Gaudreau from last year, even better than Mika Salamaki. And, you know, it's the team that's losing both of them plus Daniel Carr. Um, and it's going to be counting on a lot of younger players to step up and have better years. Um, score so just a bit of a i hate to say veteran presence because he's 24 but right a useful ahl player um that can go alongside the likes of you know uh tommy novak and and cole schneider and pitlick and and those and um provide that scoring punch especially with 
Colin Blackwell gone and Jakob Trenin likely playing in Nashville. Right. And, you know, he, I think he's going to fill that role of where you might see him probably not this season, just because of how different things are. And if they, if they sign him beyond next year, um, kind of play that like Matt Donovan role where they make, might call him up, but he may not actually play. Um, I just don't see him, you know, if you're trading prospects, you don't expect to get a guy back with 250 AHL games uh, under his belt. So I think his yeah. role is pretty well defined. Although they've started doing this interesting thing now where they're spending big on AHL only contracts for veterans. So like when they first signed Matt Donovan as a free agent, uh, they basically signed him to an AHL deal. And then they were, they said, if you can prove yourself, we'll sign you to an NHL deal, which he did. I think he played like two games since then. And then they re-signed him to an AHL deal for the next two years, effectively ending any future in the NHL future right relative because he's 30 but they've done this a couple times now they did it with cole schneider too where they signed cole schneider to like a seven hundred thousand dollar ahl only deal so he's not counting against um nashville's um cap uh scenario in terms of number of contracts or anything but right tons of money more than the i mean cole schneider deserves it he's been in the league forever and he's a top line scorer but um you know, those guys, they can't call up until they sign them to NHL contracts and he can sign an NHL contract whenever he wants. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's an interesting turn of strategy that we've never really saw before and have now seen a few times since. So don't know if that continues, but uh, it's not a bad idea, really. No, I mean, translated to quite a bit of success last season. Um, Unfortunately, they didn't get to follow through on their awesome regular season up there in Milwaukee. But, you know, I think that has had some positive effects for the for the affiliate and i think that they're probably appreciated in the organization up there so all right well i think that's about it for for the news and so let's get into the to what we came here for so let's talk world junior so you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Um, as I said before, we have a couple exhibition games. Uh, that are happening right now and then we have two more tomorrow Um, and then on christmas day is when the tournament starts in earnest so what we'll do is we'll start with the uh the teams that that have nashville prospects so let's start off with uh, let's start off with finland with with one of your favorite prospects Um, they're playing right now but uh yeah let let me know what you think about them yeah so the Finns are uh playing in pool a this year so that pool is canada finland Slovakia, Germany, and Switzerland. Um, they should very easily leave the group stage in second place, potentially first place, although I doubt it, uh, and are certainly good enough to compete for a medal. Um, this is a team that lost in the bronze medal game last year to Sweden, uh, but the big, big storyline coming out of Finland is, A, their defense is very good, as is their goaltending, but more importantly, uh, they have Anton Lundell back, who had to miss last year's tournament due to injury. And uh, 
I think somebody I saw on Twitter today, somebody described watching Anton Liddell this tournament will be like watching like Nico Huescher play in the AHL. Um, yeah. It's going to be, you know, against especially these uh, teams like Switzerland and Slovakia, it should be an impressive showing. So uh, the Finns are, are primed for a pretty good run here. And then, of course, um, also on that forward depth chart is Nashville's 2019 seventh round pick, uh, Yuso Parsonen, who uh, is a really interesting player for the Finns in terms of, you know, the forward group. He probably, quote unquote, does it all the best of everyone uh, and consequently is going to be used in a lot of situations. So, you know, we saw tonight he uh, was kind of he was um, playing on the Finnish power play uh, on that right uh, faceoff dot score mm-hmm. Finns only goal in the first period. Uh, from a nice shot from that spot. He'll be used on the penalty kill was tonight, five on four, five on three. Uh, actually kind of helped give up the U.S.'s only goal, but it was also a five on three. There wasn't much he could do. Um, right. Um, and he'll be centering most likely that second line at even strength as well. So he's going to be playing a lot of minutes. I mean, all eyes are going to be on Lindell, um, you know, against this competition. Parsonen is a good chance to stand out. He won't be the best skater on the ice at nearly any moment but um he he's got a lot of sneaky good offensive skill he'll be able to drive play really well he'll be able to push transition really well as he does in La Liga the TPS and uh I think that's gonna uh, it's gonna contribute to a lot of uh playmaking at even strength and um you know him specifically goal scoring uh on the power play so it'll be an interesting tournament for him um you know not a ton of seventh round picks that make a lot of noise at these, right. but um, I think he's a bit of a different story. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see him playing kind of a do it all role, almost a two way forward type of role with with the team. And you know, is that kind of the role he plays uh, over in Liga? Is he kind of do, a do it all guy there too, or is this something that he's kind of been he's stepping into? No, yeah, that's that's exactly his role in the Liga. So he is um, primarily TPS's second line center as well. Has played on the first line here and there. Um, it's actually only his second really his first full season in the Liga because he basically played a whole season at the U-20 level last year and 30 games in the Liga. Um, and he's an assistant captain, you know, top six center, uh, plays in all situations, um, and has been really performing well relative to expectations. Um, you know, the primary points of even strength aren't totally there, although they've got a couple guys, specifically Marcus Nermi and Josh Kessner uh, of University of Alabama Huntsville fame who are doing a lot of their scoring. Um, but he has been good given the circumstances. Um, and I think this, this tournament could be a good uh, confidence boost for him for the second half of the season. Yeah. Um, it's, it'll be exciting to see. I think it is interesting to, to see that, you know, Finland probably has a chance to medal uh, or at least get a chance to medal again. Uh, this year and that's kind of a good thing because we'll get to see a lot of hopefully get to see a ton of the the Predators prospects in this tournament so um, moving on from Finland uh, next is the is the team that probably has the most uh, most Nashville fans I guess will give you the most bang for your buck um, with with Russia and they've got of course they've got three of Nashville's prospects they have this year's first round pick um, Iroslav Askarov in goal and he's been tremendous so far this year um in, in the KHL. And then there's also uh, Simeon Chistyakov. Is that right? Yeah, Chistyakov. Nice. And uh, of course, our, our friend uh, Igor 
as well. Another KHL player who will probably be heading back after after the World Junior. So what's your what's your take on on this Russian team? Yeah, so every year I guess there is what is called the group of death. And in this case, it's Russia's group. Uh, and it's Russia, Sweden, the U.S., uh, Austria, and uh, the Czech Republic. And the poor Czechs, wow, sorry, Cole Caulfield just scored an amazing goal. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, nice. Really yeah. nice. <laughs> uh, the 2-1 t- now? 3-1. He scored oh, wow. a minute earlier, too. Um, anyway, back on track. Um so the Russians lost in the gold medal game last year to Canada um, in a really, really great game. And they've lost some good pieces, notably Alexander Romanov, a Canadian's prospect. Um, but they've got the pieces to go back. And they are going to be competing in not only is just a great group, you know, up and down the lineup, but particularly like an incredible group of goalies here. So... With Russia, you've obviously got obviously got Yaroslav Askarov, the Preds' first overall pick or first round pick, who will start every game for them. Um, even if Russia up front isn't converting, Askarov can backstop them to a medal. Uh, for the U.S., you've got Spencer Knight, who can do the same for them. Um, and then for Sweden, you've got uh, Hugo Allenfeld, who is a Tampa prospect, who was incredible at last year's tournament. Uh, and if he falters, they can turn to Jesper Wallstead, who is uh, 2021 eligible, um, maybe a tier below Eskarov in terms of talent, but is uh, I don't want to, want to say he'll be a first round pick next year because who knows where teams pick goalies nowadays, but he is certainly a first round talent uh, next year. Uh, so, I mean, this group is really going to be something when it comes to goaltending and what that means is that ultimately, you know, top seeding in this group could come down to an unlucky bounce or a goalie just having an off night. So, uh, you know, I think if you take those three goalies, who am I putting my money on to be the most perfect? Probably a scare off. Um, but it could be anyone's night on any given uh, in any given game. So that'd be yeah. interesting. I was going to say that it's going to be really cool to watch because the opening game for for Russia is against the the U.S. on Christmas Day, and that'll be the fir- uh, the only goaltenders picked in the first round the last two years of the draft. So uh, watching uh, Knight and, and Askarov uh, go at it, I think will be really a really great way to open up uh, the tournament for for Russia. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a big challenge for them. I mean, um, you know, the other thing you have to consider here is they're going to have to go up against Sweden. And, you know, I don't think the Swedes are always make like the most noise are always the flashiest and they've lost a lot of players, including uh, Samuel Fagamo, who was the tournament's leading scorer last year. But uh, you know, they've still got Lucas Raymond and Alex Holtz uh, plus, you know, like every 2020 pick that fell for no reason. Uh, Theodore Niederbach, Zion Ibeck, uh, who else? Noah Gundler. Um, and, you know, more importantly, I think we talk about this every year and it's yet to happen. Sweden has not lost a group stage game since like 2007. And that seems like kind of unbelievable because they've obviously played some really good teams in the group stage, but they've like won like 50 consecutive group stage games. So is this the year that that streak ends potentially? 
it's going to be difficult though. Um, so I think Russia is going to, you know, have a tall order ahead of them. And I think they've got an interesting roster, you know, up front, they, you know, much like a lot of teams have lost a lot of overagers, but, uh, you know, the right. line is, is really going to be something with highlighted by, uh, Murat Kusnadinov and, um, Vasily Podkolzin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, Igor Afanasyev is probably going to line up in that middle six, maybe line three. I think he was skating on in practice with um, Maxim Groshev, who's a Tampa prospect, prospect uh, Mikhail Abramov, who is a um, Toronto prospect, and Vasily Ponomaryev, who's a Carolina prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but he'll be heavily featured on the power play as well um, in a similar spot to Parsonen uh, with that shooting ability of his. And then on defense, you know, Look, I, I, uh, Semyon Chistiakov isn't, you know, the sexiest name when it comes to the Preds prospect pool, but, uh, he's really making a name for himself. I mean, the Karhala Cup in November, he was, I would say arguably, but, you know, maybe not so arguably Team Russia's best defender. Uh, it looks mm-hmm. solid. Uh, he's a small package. He's under six foot, but he's very physical. Um, you know, in the KHL, sometimes he takes some, stupid runs at guys entering the zone in terms of not like dangerous hits, but he just goes to play the body when he shouldn't. Um, but he's been skating on the Russians top pair alongside the devil's first round pick, um, Shakir, uh, and And that's an interesting pair. Uh, and, and given, uh, tendency to join the rush and skate up and sometimes make mistakes and, uh, give the puck away unnecessarily. A lot of that shutdown duty is going to fall on Chistiakov's shoulders, and I'm excited to see how he handles it. I think he has a tall task ahead of him, but uh, I think he's got the talent to to accomplishment. And I hope that you know if Russia goes far, or even if he plays well, that um, I think a lot of people will start recognizing his name a bit more as someone who you know, bear in mind, at 19 years old, is playing regular ish minutes in the KHL. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and well, uh, for that matter. So, and he doesn't necessarily have, I mean, there, he's not co- on, a, on a loaded, you know, quote unquote loaded team, you know, like you see with, uh, Afanasiev and Trenin and Tolvin and, you know, the, the, aren't the big names in the KHL, but you know, he's, he's doing fairly well. Um, and so, it'll, yeah, I think this will be a big tournament for him. And I think for, for Russia, if they can make it out of the groups, this group stage and they can, they can you know, come out in first place. I mean, I think that they can pretty much, you know, make it all the way to the gold medal round. I, I imagine just because it, like you said, it is the group of death and, um, you know, getting through that is probably going to be the one of the harder challenges, uh, is, you know, just advancing through it. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see. I mean, like this, the seating for that group matters a lot because if you're number one, then you're going to end up playing like Slovakia or Germany in the quarterfinal, probably. If you're number two or number three, then all of a sudden that becomes either Germany, maybe Finland, maybe Slovakia. But if you drop down to three um, or four, excuse me, um, you know, I don't think they'll fall that far. But like one of those top three teams is going to be is going to have to play uh a pretty good probably finished team in the quarterfinal and um right has the 10 has the possibility of losing there so and then yeah i mean at that point it's it's really anyone's game so 
All right. So, um, yeah, so for Russia, um, they've got a game, like we said before, on uh, Christmas Day against the United States. I believe it's going to be at 8.30 p.m. And then we'll get to see them again play on Sunday, on the 27th, at 8.30 p.m. Uh, against the Czech Republic. So, um, those, you know, this first week of games, we'll get to see quite a bit of them. It'll be in a nice, uh, quote-unquote, primetime spot. And, yeah, it'll be good to be able to watch them and, and see several uh nashville predators prospects on the ice possibly at the same time so all right so moving along is uh probably the prospect that has the most immediate impact on nashville and you know i think maybe the most important one in this tournament is is team canada and um you know of course we're going to see philip tomasino uh on on a team i think until practice today he had been on the uh on the second line and i think maybe he'll so yeah, I kind of want to address that, clear something up on that. So it was, it's really been the fourth line more mm-hmm. rotating them really weirdly. And it's kind of hard to keep track sometimes. So right. until yesterday, he was skating on a line with Quentin Byfield and Connor Zeri. So Byfield King's second overall pick this last year, Connor Zeri first round pick of the flames. Uh, and that was, you know, as written on paper line four, uh, right. Uh, the two extra forwards up until um, the other day for Team Canada were Dawson Mercer, Devil's Pick, and Ryan Suzuki. Uh, mm-hmm. pick. What I think they've been doing the past two weeks is rotating in those extra forwards. Mm-hmm. So Suzuki has been in place uh, of Tomasino for the past two days in practice. Um, and I forget where Dawson Mercer's gone. But I think given the amount of time that Byfield and Tomasino and Zeri were together and Tomasino's impression at selection camp where he led the entire camp in scoring. Mm-hmm. Do not anticipate he'll start the tournament as a scratch. Uh, right. And I don't think it's likely he gets scratched, but you know, that is what happens when your team Canada is you have 14 forwards who could all probably play in the top six of nearly every other team. So yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's a loaded team. I mean, when you're thinking, when you're, you know, we're talking about Tomasino getting rotated out for, for Ryan Suzuki. I mean, that's, there's a ton of talent there. And so, you know, yeah, I can, and, I can understand and, why, you know, I think it's easy to look at those lines and say, Oh, well, like Quinn Byfield is probably not the fourth best center. Like, why is he on line four? Like, those that that lineup isn't corresponding to like okay like we're just gonna slot in who we think are the 12 best players one through 12 right like obviously they've been building a lot of chemistry um through camp they're gonna be highlighting dylan cousins and kirby doc a lot uh, on Mm -hmm. the top lines but you know tomasino playing on line four is by no means an indictment of him uh i think it just speaks to the depth that team canada has and i think it speaks to the line combinations that they found and Look, if I get to watch a couple weeks of Tomasino playing alongside Quentin Byfield, I will certainly not be complaining. So No, no. I think that'll be, with him and Connor Zeri, I mean, that's going to be a really fun line to watch. So uh, I think that'll be good. And, and you know, again, I think Canada is, is likely the uh, the favorites for, for the tournament, especially avoiding, you know, the other group. Um, but, you know, I think for them, from what I understand, a lot of it's going to come down to how well their their goaltending is going to be. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, why? like every year it seems right. Like some teams have, some nations have like the same storylines every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for them, it's just always like 
not that their goaltending is necessarily bad, right? But it's not a scare off. It's not night. It's not on a felt. It's not, um, you know, one of those standouts, right? Um, so I don't know. I don't think that the ship will sink um, with goaltending this year for Canada. Um, but we're also not that far removed from Hockey Canada doing that whole like audit about why Canadian goaltending was failing and because they like basically lost the world juniors because of it. Um, they should easily get out of the group stage as the number one seed. If they don't, then something crazy has happened. Um, they've got the talent up front to get into a shootout, not a literal shootout, but an offensive shootout with pretty much any other team. Um, and I think that, I mean, I don't even know like who really is going to be their day one starter i think um who was it that got named their starter for their practice their pre-tournament game tomorrow is Devin uh Devin levy who mm-hmm. plays in northeastern with um venerable fontaine but you know between him dylan durand and taylor gothier who's a 2021 eligible like nothing there that's stands out to you as either of those guys can steal a game but a lot of people are, have been hyping up Levy going into this tournament. I mean, he's had some okay years in the WHL. I think if he can catch fire and have a good couple of weeks, then that's a huge boost for them. But, um, you know, I think it's just okay. They, I don't think they'll lose a medal because of it. I don't think they'll win a medal because of it. Um, and that's pretty much always been their calling card. So, Yeah, and, you know, for them, it's also pretty good because they've got – you know, they don't play until the day after Christmas um, this this year. They're going to play and they're opening with Germany, who's going to be quarantined most of this week. They're not going to be playing any uh, exhibition games. And so they'll be coming in kind of cold uh, against Canada. And then Canada will play the next day on Sunday at 5 p.m. Uh, against Slovakia. So I think they're going to have a a pretty decent, you know, opening couple of couple of games to start the tournament. And I think that'll be good for them. Um, so, yeah, so. Um, we can talk real quick about the the remaining teams. Uh, so in whatever order you want to go in, uh, we can kind of quickly go over the other teams. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just stay with the rest of that group. Um, that group's pretty interesting. I mean, I think Canada will be the top seed and then should be number two. Uh, I think Slovakia and Germany are pretty even, roughly. Germany's biggest question is they have no Lucas Rappel and... Stutzla is coming back from, I think, a broken wrist. So, mm-hmm. uh, look, they're not going to beat Canada. They're not going to beat Finland. So it's really about beating each other. Um, the Slovaks' biggest question is uh, Maxim Kaskovic is not there. Um, continuing the Slovakian tradition of not bringing your best offensive player to this tournament. Um, (laughs) uh, It's actually a pretty good reason. So he was basically kicked out of camp because he, uh, their reasons cited were like unsportsmanlike conduct and all this stuff. He apparently concussed a teammate like in practice, um, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, you know, they still got Martin Kromiak. They still got Samuel uh, Kanashko. um, And most importantly in net, the Slovaks have, the biggest X factor of the whole group, Samuel Laval, who, who excuse me, Labai, who um, has a habit, like a lot of Slovak goaltenders, of 
stealing some games and um, getting some people on upset alert uh, against a U.S. or a Canada late into the third period. So I think right. the Ducks will probably come out on top. Um, I just don't think the Germans have the firepower. Um, and But both will be icing pretty interesting rosters. Um, and then I think the Swiss will finish last. Um, they've got largely nothing yeah about uh all of their big performers from last year are gone um they've got a couple of 2020 uneligible players mostly on defense um Giancarlo Chanton uh not Giancarlo Stanton all other names are nice close yeah Noah Meyer uh you know stand out um but I they just they just won't have the legs to compete I think they could keep catch someone like Slovakia or Germany sleeping and, and maybe he got a win. Um, but I wouldn't expect them to make it to um to the medal um rounds. And then on the other side, um, well, I guess it also should be noted there's no relegation this year because all the other lower divisions were can- events were canceled due to COVID. So right. um, you know, in what was probably gonna be a relegation round between Switzerland and Austria will not exist. Um mm-hmm. so- but then on the other side, um, you've got the Czech Republic, who I probably feel the most bad for. They're not bad, but they aren't good enough to break in the top three there. Um, so their only group stage win will probably come against Austria. Uh, mm-hmm. They might upset someone else, but it's doubtful. Their goaltending is a question mark for me. Their defense is interesting. Martin Haas, uh, Simon Kubicek, um, they've got a 2021 uh draft eligible defender too who is probably going to be playing um top four minutes and who i really like is is a very probable first round prospect next year in stanislav schwozel um and then the austrians um it's basically just the marco rossi show (laughs) it's not really else to talk about although senna peters would like to disagree very interesting undrafted this past year um I don't think he goes undrafted again. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, Austria is in a worse position than Switzerland. Um, so or I'll just be tuning in really to watch Marco Rossi uh, mm-hmm. circles for, you know, 20 minutes a night and everyone else fail to catch up. Yeah. Um, a side note about him. I saw um, the athletic for, for Minnesota. They talked about the question of, whether or not Rossi will make the team this season or not. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I admittedly try my best to not uh, follow the Minnesota Wilds offseason moves when I can. (laughs) Um, No, yeah, I mean, I think he's good enough to survive in the NHL right now. Uh, It seems likely that tomorrow the – well, tomorrow – you will probably be listening to this after tomorrow. So on 12 uh, December 23rd, the OHL will be announcing an indefinite pause to their season plans. Uh, really? I think so. So, yeah. oh, you know, let's say it's unlikely that the OHL starts up this season or at least for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why not? Like, what do you have to lose? I don't, I'm not a huge believer in like completely ruining a prospect because you rush them into the NHL and may right make things take a little longer, but you're not going to like ruin their career. Um, mm-hmm. He's got the strength and the mental fortitude to um, 
to get going up there. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just remember draft night, seeing him drop for some reason down and thinking that maybe Minnesota was going to take a scare off. And I don't know. I don't know that Rossi would have gone past 10, but man, my hopes got, got up there. Uh, you know, I think it worked out for the best, but that would have been amazing to, to be able to get Rossi at, at 11. So, um, all right. So we've talked a little bit, you talked a little bit about Sweden already. Um, so I guess with the U S you know, they're coming in without several key players, you know, what are your thoughts on, on that team and, and how they're going to finish in that group? Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Um, I think up front, I mean, they've got some great names, you know, one name I think that a lot of people are going to be watching is Cole Caulfield, who had a pretty bad tournament last year, to be honest. Um, and he's going to have to get that going this year. Um, you know, Bobby Brink, Brendan Brisson, uh, who else? Alex Turcotte, obviously. Trevor Zegras, who had the tournament in assists last year. Uh, one player I'll be watching is uh, Matty Beniers, who's a 20, the only 2021 eligible player on the U.S. roster, plays in Michigan. Um, will be a top 15 pick in July. I uh, might be centering that second line. So I think he was tonight or is tonight. Uh, so um, we'll see. Um, I think the biggest question mark for me there is their defense. Uh, Cam York is the big name coming back. I not as high on him as others. Um, you know, Jake Sanderson will be a big addition, but other than that, I mean, they're going to be counting on guys like Jackson Lacombe and, and Brock Faber to, um, you know, really step up and play some big minutes. And, you know, if they get going in a high scoring game against Russia or Sweden, uh, maybe that becomes an issue. So we'll see. Uh, they've got a lot riding on this tournament after finishing sixth last year. You know, the big question becomes after such a heralded U.S. national development program class a couple years ago, uh, if they finish outside the medals again this year, you know, then what? Um, obviously, Jack Hughes didn't play last year uh, nor this year, but still, you know, Boldy, Caulfield, uh, Sanderson, the rest, Cam York. So um, we'll see. I think they'll be fine. I think they've got a good shot to medal. I think they'll finish second in the group stage in their in their pool, um, and then it'll just come down to uh, to getting those those big guns firing, you know. Yep, definitely. So, um, you know, you've you've kind of gone over it a little bit. So, how do you think how do you think the uh, medals are going to pan out? You know, at the end, by the end of this tournament. Oh God. Um, so I think my final group stage standings will be Canada, Finland, Slovakia, Germany. Switzerland, and then in Group B, uh, Russia, the U.S., Sweden, Czech Republic, Austria. I will say that uh, I'll go out on a limb. I'm going to say in a repeat of last year, uh, Russia overtakes Canada for gold. Wow. Okay. Flipping the script. And the U.S. brings home uh, a bronze um, to to round out the medals there. Uh, do you think you know who do you think the U.S. is going to play in that in that bronze game? You think Finland? Uh, yeah, probably. I think, I think yeah, Finland with Lindell and that defense can can grind out um, some good wins against, I guess, would be Sweden. Yeah. 
So, well, I appreciate your time uh, covering this. I know that you've got to be looking forward to to tracking five prospects this tournament, especially if they go, all, you know, all three teams go all the way, you know, deep into the into the into the um, championship rounds and such. So, I mean, it's something that we're not used to having. What at Christmas time? Um, <laughs> it, was, it was so much easier last year when all I had to worry about was Spencer Stastny, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess you know you have to. They've got a little bit of talent in, in the pool now. And so, you know, there's ups and downs, I suppose. But, uh, you know, I think, that, you know, everybody's basically itching to watch some hockey and with the season getting ready to start. And um, I think the Predators are going to report to camp right after the beginning of the year. Is that correct? Or are they, can they start right around Christmas time? I think, yeah. I mean, I think formally after the new year, I think a lot of them are already obviously in town. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I appreciate your time. Um, can you uh, tell everybody, you know, where to find your stuff? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at on the future OTF, um, and you can find all my written work uh, at uh, or at on the forecheck dot com, and um, all my tracking data organized into nice little charts uh, is linked uh, through my Twitter account as well. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys very much. We're gonna come back later this week to record another uh another episode talk more about nashville and focus a little bit more on what they're going to do with all of the uh the nhl and the players association coming to the agreement to start the season and so until then um i've been brian bastin you can find me at brian bastin on twitter same thing you know all my written stuff is on the site and uh we'll talk to you later this week